Greetings to the outside world. Welcome to Burger King. What's your beef? No, I'm playing. <laughs> Welcome to Peak Speak, a podcast run by SFU's independent student-run newspaper, done in collaboration with CJSF 90.1 FM, Burnaby. If you're tuning in, that means you're a real one, so thank you very much. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge that we're recording this podcast on unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, Coquitlam, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. We have the privilege of recording, speaking, and abiding on their land. Today's episode is called A Discussion on Love. Hello, my name is Yola Berra, and I'm in my final year at SFU as an English major and criminology minor. I'm also the staff writer and a news team member at SFU's The Peak. Today, we have two very special guests. Do you guys mind introducing yourselves? Hi there, my name is Joe Maldas. I'm the promotions coordinator at The Peak. I'm a fourth-year student in communications. Hi, my name's Alex Bloom. I'm a, I've been at SFU for billions of years, but uh, communication major and history minor. Thank you guys for joining us. All right, so let's just hop right in, not even putting our toes in, but just going all the way in. When we're talking about love, I'm sure that you guys know that there's kind of just this one-sided, very you know, one-dimensional perspective of what love is. So when you think of the concept of love, what comes to your mind as individuals? I would say in the most simplest way, um, respect towards people, um, uh, consideration of other people, and mindfulness. That's to me what love is in a nutshell. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I think, like, apart from, like, some of the, like, you know, magazine, like, ads for, like, rings and things that come up, flash through my mind when I hear that, I think I also, you know, am reminded of the Jewish values that I was raised with, and, like, it sort of thinks, like, you know, the spiritual sense of love with, like, you know, just respecting other people and looking at the world as people, your equals, and trying to project that positive feeling out to other people, I guess. Does that make sense? No, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, you know... Like I said before, there is even though we have our own perceptions of love and that we, through whether it's through religion or faith or even just through our family, what what I find interesting is that the is the, the the perception of self love is something that uh, kind of gets discarded or doesn't or takes a backseat to like what's the you know the the romantic idea of love. Um, so when you guys think of not just love but self love, what comes to your minds in that in that perspective? I just saw a quote the other day where it's like. Um, you don't have to uh, light yourself on fire in order to keep other people warm, um, which I thought was a really good representation of like love, loving yourself, like making sure that as long as uh, you keep yourself warm first, people will also gravitate towards that. Yeah, that's such a good point. I'm glad you brought up the idea of self-love because I think that's something that we all forget, especially maybe as university students. And, you know, just the idea that, yeah, it's, it's hard to give that love and consideration to other people if you're not considering yourself in the same way and it's really easy to get caught up and forget to take care of yourself sometimes that right there alex you said it's easy to get caught up in um and what self-love is and like taking care of yourself which i think is like the number one you know i think that's the foundation of what self-love is so as university students what do you think are the biggest challenges or the biggest you know barriers of self-love is it school is it you know all you know, part-time work? What What is it in your guys' own very nuanced experiences that have pre prevented you from self-love and really engaging with that? Uh, for me, it's knowing when I am not feeling good uh, for the sake of myself. Or rather, I guess a good example would be in first year, knowing that um, or realizing that I should be uh, sleeping like on time and not cramming the last second <laughs> or um, knowing that if I'm doing all the work in my projects that I should be delegating better um, or if I'm taking too much uh, like 
if my course loads are too strong, I should probably like, realize my course load is just too high, and I should drop a course, mm. make it a little bit easier. Because um, in my first year, I took five courses in my first semester, thinking it would be the same as high school, completely Yikes. different. <laughs> I very much did not have a good time. Yeah. I think a lot of people also go into university with the mindset that like you're there to uh, get the degree and get a job. I mean, that is one aspect of it, but I feel like what I finally realized is that university is a place where you find yourself as in what you want to actually do. Because um, I feel like there's a very small percentage of people that actually go to university knowing exactly what they want to do. So I guess, like, in the university context, and for me, in a nuanced manner, um, self-love is going into it knowing that you are not necessarily a perfect person mm. and you're there to learn and be- become the perfect person you finally will be over that course of time. Alex? Yeah, I can't necessarily speak for everyone else, but I think that is a really good point of, like, recognizing that you aren't perfect, like, and accepting yourself as that, which is by no means an easy thing for people to do. There's (laughs) so many things that we all, you know, subconsciously or just, like, through our upbringing or through people around us who bring us down, potentially just, like, we, like, get things, you know, internalized, and it's, it's hard to recognize sometimes when we're not being fair to ourselves. So... I don't know that there's like a, a perfect solution to that, but I think it's something that like we can always work on. At least something that I always try to catch myself on is like, when am I not giving myself enough respect, or when am I giving myself t- too much yeah. like space? You know, absolutely, it's true. Both of you guys touch on it perfectly. That there is no, you know, I don't think we can ever come to a place where a perfect person it could, but where we are always at an area where we're loving ourselves. You know, at at the at the at the level that we're supposed to be all the time, 100%. Uh, I struggle with it so much myself in terms of uh, having this image of who I am or and then having the image of who I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the ha- trying to bridge that gap and not ever, always feeling like I'm just like one step below that of where I want to be. And so um, when talking about self-love, I know, Jerome, you touched on this a bit about how stressed we can become in terms of school and and, and not finding even the time or, or sometimes even the resources to, like, really, you know, make sure that we're, we're getting or we're treating ourselves with the love that we're supposed to be. Do you guys have any tips for students on, on, on your kind of, like, methods that you use to self-love? Or, like, you know, we always say uh, self, we always see on, like, social media people talking about self-care and how that self-care can help them get to a place of self-love. So do you guys have any methods yourselves that you found useful? Mm-hmm. So first first year what I didn't do is talk to people that's a big thing um, I think for university students in general like going into it um, the big shock is that you're not in high school anymore whereas you don't see the same people every single day you don't have an assigned seat or maybe an assigned seat you don't have um, like a very set schedule it's very erratic and so for me, if I were to talk to myself in the first year or even any first years or anyone that's like still struggling with it, um, knowing that there are things that could not benefit you, but um, give you an outlet to uh, feel good about whatever you're doing or whatever passions you have. Um, it does take a little bit of digging and looking, but at the end of the day, you do find it. And it just is, it's a good balance of, uh, going to school and making sure you take that very seriously or even not seriously if you're trying to kind of just make sure you know like where you're going and also um, being social in a whatever whatever works for you if you're an introvert or an extrovert um, and maybe finding creative outlets for you to uh, you know stretch your wings a little bit Alex 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a really good thing too. And I think just prioritizing the way that you allot time to like always making sure that there's time for the people that you love, mm. um, the people that are close in your life that you can always rely on. Um, and you know, we all want to make sure that we're taking time to take care of other people, but like making sure that you have that time for your own support system. Like, you know, just for me, just making sure like, you know, my parents are, are separated. So I divide my time amongst my parents and I just like prioritize making sure that I have time to like spend time with my dad. Cause he's one of my best friends. Um, so just like small things like that. I know not like, especially if you're like an international student, it might be harder to like have the, the time with the people that you value most in your life. But I think just always like, prioritizing that time of just like I guess just calm like reflection being able to talk to somebody about what you're feeling even mm -hmm. if they don't necessarily have the same experiences I feel like just being able to talk to somebody like you know sort of drone was mentioning briefly like you know just getting to know new people or yeah. getting to know people just from your life better yeah um that's really great and I think some of our listeners who go to SFU will find some of your tips and methods really helpful Another thing I wanted to sp uh, speak on um, with regards to self-love is that, you know, uh, there's kind of this, this this backlash, not backlash really, but this pushback of the culture of self-care and, and the, the notion of, of what individuals, uh, you know, say about self-care and that sometimes, you know, self-care really isn't self-care. Like, if you have a midterm in a month, <laughs> self-care isn't, you know, sleeping every single day and, and going out with your friends every single night until the last night before the exam just so that, you know, uh, you could use self-claim, uh, self-care as a claim to uh, ignore your responsibilities, therefore ignoring the stress that comes with your responsibilities. So when you think about self-love, can you think of any harmful methods or really popular, you know, ideas of self-love that could be really harmful and that actually, uh, you know, serves as the antith antithesis of self-love? I guess so. Um, for me, what I tend to do is eat a lot, uh, and that's because for me, uh, me I'm, too, sis. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky to live at home, and so my mm. parents make food all the time. So overindulging is something that I definitely have done, and I still do. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Is there anything else, you, Alec? You have? Yeah, same. I think overindulging can be one where it's like it's hard to see that line between self-love and maybe sort of self-destructive behavior, where you like not taking into account the feelings of others or just responsibilities that you have. Like one thing for me is like, I know in first year, like I didn't do any readings. I would just be like on the bus and at school, just like reading like fiction, just because that's what I wanted to do. And it made me feel good. That was something I, I'm not saying I'm a perfect student, but like I changed this the next semester to like try to just like read books for school when I'm at school, try to read books for school when I'm on the, the train, like setting those kind of boundaries for yourself where it's like this is time I'm allotting just for myself and my own like, you know, enjoyment. And then some of it's like where you got to work, I guess. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I am somebody who just like you two, I... Uh, I, I indulge in a lot of things that, uh, you know, I probably shouldn't or overindulge in a lot of things that I shouldn't um, in, in the name of self-love. I think for me, it's it's um, it's really silly, but sleep. I love oh, sleeping yeah. so much, like to the point where if I'm stressed out about something, I'll just take a nap. Um, that has helped me in, a, in the sense of, you know, if I go go for days without sleeping at all and then I get frustrated with someone or something, I just take a three-hour nap, that's great. But I remember in second year, I had this one English course, I think it was on Ch Chaucer, and just, just how difficult it was for me to read, like, really old English and not being able to fully grasp the, the, the concept of the course. And I would literally take naps every single day for a whole semester. And, um, it didn't really help 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 out like Alex said in terms of like reading or the readings I have for the course, and so that really you know kicked my own butt. But um, yeah, I, I I've learned that 
indulgence can be a form of you know, love. Not indulgence, that's a negative word, but enjoying the things that we love can be a form of self-love, but that balance, which is a key word mm-hmm. that I think all university students uh, can, can, can get some help with, is, is, is key to self-love. Um, kind of switching gears from self-love to uh, the more quote-unquote traditional concept of love, which is romantic love, mm-hmm. the, 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 the concept of falling in love with somebody or them falling in love with you. Um, have you guys ever uh, been in love? Um, what was your first experience like of love? Care to comment? Ooh. Um, yeah. So <laughs> right, right now, I'm in a very committed relationship with my partner. Uh, we've been together for almost four years now. And that, yeah, clap to that. Yes. Uh, we started dating four years ago, 2015. I was like, math. Uh, but I would say my first kind of experience with like feeling what love really meant would be right out of high school. Uh, mm. Kind of, because at that point I finally learned to like love myself because I was like, oh, I'm gay. So this is great. Like, I'm going to like be out. And then like I found out there were other people in my high school that were also gay that, did, that just came out. And I was like, oh, wow, we are all gay. So like, <laughs> let's hang out. And then there were people that I got really close to and I really understood what that meant to be infatuated with someone and I started to hang out with them more and I started to really be like wow what is this feeling that I can't I've never had with someone else mm. um, like so high school kind of gave me this understanding that uh, you know like love can be found in many different ways and you only can have that love change as you really learn who you are as a person that you love yourself as a person mm. um, but I would say now, uh, moving into my last year of university uh, and being like mid twenties, like I'm 24, I have very much experienced a lot of different methods of not methods, a lot of different uh, forms. Like, yeah, avenues of love, like whether it be uh, intimate, whether it be like romantic, whether it even be spiritual or even be emotional. Like there are so many aspects to it, and I feel like I can only like get more experiences out of all those different avenues, but I don't know. Alex, how do you feel about that? Um, Yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing. It was really insightful. Um, I guess, like, one thing that comes up for me is just, like, you know, talking about, like, high school, I wasn't, like, (laughs) I, you know, I was a pretty nerdy guy, and I wasn't, like, in that many relationships in high school, but I think that I, just looking back on it, I feel like one thing that really held me back is, like, I hadn't really learned to like love myself, accept mm. myself for who I was in like a lot of ways, and that makes it that's like such a barrier like in any kind of love I think between like accepting yourself and accepting other people, and that was something that I know looking back on I struggled with, and that's probably a, a large part of why I didn't experience that earlier in life. And, you know, I'm very happy to count myself in a committed relationship right now, and you know it is one of those feelings it's it's hard to define because i think everyone has sort of a different perspective on it a way that they experience it it's like the it's cheesy but like yeah. you sort of know the feeling when you when you feel it and mm-hmm. like no, yeah, I, exactly. you know what i mean <laughs> like, no that's so funny yeah. something you both touched on is the idea and the concept of having self-love um and um how that seeps or affects your relationships uh, uh, or your romantic relationships with other individuals. And so, you know, something uh, that I've experienced in my own life was, you know, like kind of like what Alex said, like I would, you know, um, I didn't really love myself in high school. Uh, and even in the first two years of university, I admittedly, I, 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 I struggled with loving myself and really coming to grips with what that 
love for myself should look like and, and what what that con- needs to continue to be. And so I found that that really affected my um, you know relationships with other individuals, whether it was friends or whether it was like romantic relationships. And that I would sell myself short in some areas. I would. Um, be open to the notion of compromise just simply for the sake of the other individual in the relationship, not necessarily for myself. And what I found is that I kind of, you know, grew really resentful towards other individuals, whether it was, you know, the girl I was dating at the time or whether it was my friends. And uh, it's so interesting how the notion of self-love uh, and how, how important that is for the, your relationships with other individuals, because uh, I, I just think that n- not a lot of people put enough emphasis or stress on how significant self-love really is, you know, um, even in, in, in just now and thinking about that, why do you guys think the, the idea of romantic love or, you know, um, just the idea of loving other people is held to such a higher precedence or priority than self-love? Like, what is it about self-love that not a lot of people want to talk about or, or, or contemplate on? So um, to answer the first part, um, uh, when you said about, like, uh, putting kind of romantic relationships, like, higher than self-love, um, if, I think it's kind of, like, that notion of the end game of everyone's life is to get married, have kids, have a job. Yeah. Um, like that is kind of society's like kind of method of, not method, kind of like steering of life in general. Like there's only maybe we can have more people on this earth or whatever. Yeah. But um, I think that the reason it's high, put higher than self-love is that people tend to forget that uh you have to put yourself first before you can love someone else. Like, and I think that there is this idea that if you can find the right person, it all uh, it all pans out in the end because you both fit each other so well. But at the end of the day, the only person that needs to be perfect is yourself, because mm. loving in loving yourself as much as the best way you can possibly can, and um, and then by doing that, then people will love you, because um, I. The idea that like you can find love in someone that to give to you, it never really works out um, because at the end of the day, it's exhausting for everyone to like kind of take from other people their love when you have to like have it first in order to like understand it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the second part of the question where like uh, th- like self love isn't something that we're necessarily considering anymore. Uh, I I disagree and agree in the sense of like disagree that. Self isn't um, talked about anymore because, like, I feel like a social media, especially where everyone's like a bit of a narcissist, uh, <laughs> in a, a bit, in, in, a little bit, a lot of it, uh, in every way, shape, or form. Like, especially now in 2019, where like Instagram influencers are a thing, like that's a yeah. job. You have people constantly like posting pictures of themselves, and like you get tons of likes, you get tons of comments. Um, even for me, like all my friends, when they post pictures, I'm like posting on them, like, "Yes, you work. You look so good." It's like it's kind of this perpetual, like the more we like uh, gas someone up, rather, yeah, um, the more people feel good about themselves, and so they're like, "Oh yeah, as long as I post pictures of myself, like I look great, and I feel great." And then I also agree with you in that like people don't necessarily ag- uh, put self love like high on that list because there is that constant. Um, stream of immediate satisfaction. Yes. Where like the moment you post an Instagram photo, you get you get two hundred likes, three hundred likes. You're like, wow, this is great. Like I feel validated immediately. But like when people turn off the phone and you don't have it, it's like, oh wow, like what else do you have? Nothing. No one else to validate you. 
So, Alex, do you have any feelings about that, too? Um, well, I think it was a really good point that you brought up earlier about how there's sort of this notion pushed on everybody of, like, your life isn't complete until you've, like, met a person, settled down with them, had kids, and that's, like, the end of everybody's life. And <laughs> I feel like that does lead us all into this position where, like, until we've sort of experienced, like, love with somebody else, we don't even feel like we can love ourselves. Like, we're not complete without that. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that just naturally leads people into relationships that aren't going to work out. Like, because, you know, you, of course, everyone's own insecurities will affect the other person yeah. in the relationship and just the whole, like, it, it's such a deep-rooted thing, I yeah. guess. And it's really hard, I think, to get that idea out of one's head if it's been told to you your whole life. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just like you said, how um, that, that the perception of self love and how like how that reflects in your relationships with others. Um, have you guys noticed that you know you could tell, low key, you can tell when an individual does or doesn't love themselves, and you can tell how how that affects how they you know present themselves. It's 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 so interesting how I I've been in environments, I've been in friendships, I've been in relationships where. I didn't understand why a person was treating me in a certain manner or why they were, you know, you know, seemingly hostile or just really resentful for things that I, I felt like I had no control over or no no uh, influence in. But it, it didn't take it, it took me having to distance myself from these individuals or these environments for me to say, huh, like, I, th you know, maybe they their their behavior towards me wasn't a reflection of me or who I am, but it was a reflection of them and who they perceive themselves to be, you know. To be honest with you, and this is not to throw shade <clears throat> at anyone listening, but no, it's really true in how my past relationships or my past, you know, the past environments that I've worked in or found employment in, uh, I, I see what, what self-love can do. I see what, you know, self-respect and self-love can do for individuals who are in positions of authority and how that kind of transcends into how the the environment that they're leading, you know, looks like. And so do you guys have anything else to add with that? I was going to say that that sounds very similar to like the ideas of like love languages mm. and like um how uh what the way you show love is essentially the same way how you want to receive love and yeah i think it's also just good to keep people in mind uh just like when you see someone doing something try to do the same thing back like it's a good way to just um be like thoughtful and like knowledgeable like uh, i remember hearing it's like during a conversation when you're listening to someone, the, like to know when you're listening is to know that you have a question with someone. If you're listening mm. for a pause to just interject, then you're not listening to them. But if you end up speaking to whatever they're saying in a way that, you know, not only engages them or helps them, helps you respond, but also gets them to continuously talk, then you're listening. Mm. So that's to me what I try to do. But yeah. Alex, <laughs> every time I say that, yeah. Uh, no, that's really like I think that's a, a huge part of like showing love to others is yeah, listening to other people. It's it's important because like you know how can you love someone if you don't know what their needs are and you you need to, I think also like going back like it's good to listen to yourself. Mm. Um, you know, not to the point where you're like not listening to other people, but like <laughs> I think it's it is that balance I think that you mentioned earlier. You will like as students, I think we're in a constant balancing act between like you know school work. And our grades, you know, all get in our mind. But, you know, then there's also our personal relationships and our relationship with ourself. Um, and it's really hard to balance all of that together, I think. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As we're talking about love, uh, I think about, you know, acts, small acts of love that people have done that really made, you know, my day and that have really allowed me to, 
um, take a step back and see that, you know, I was going to say something really corny, like love is the answer. <laughs> but to see the profound, you know, effect that love really has. And so uh, my question for you two, and I guess I'll answer myself after is, uh, can you think of any moments in your life where somebody has done an act out of love, the lo- like pure love for you that, you know, might not seem like a big deal, but to this day, you guys really look back and you and you think of how profound that one act has has been for you. Ooh, ooh, I have a good one. Well, so it on me, sis. last summer I went to Winnipeg and I was there for a week and I was visiting my, my boyfriend and then um, we also had these two friends of mine that were really, really close to. Um, and this was um, maybe the second time I really hung out with them because they're more my partner's friends than mine at the time. And so that week we were just hanging out like almost every other day or every basically every day. Um, and they knew that um, my partner and I were going to drive back to Vancouver for the whole summer. But on the day before I left, all of a sudden, they surprised me and Daniel, or my partner rather, with basically this goodie, not even goodie bag, it was a goodie box of stuff. (laughs) And in my head, I was like, first of all, what is this? And then they said, oh, you guys are driving back to Vancouver. It's gonna take about four days. We made you this box of goodies so you don't like have to worry about buying stuff along the road. Mm. And in my head, I was like, no one in my entire life has ever thought of something like that as something to put so much thought into because like I've never had that before. For me, I was like, how do I repay you guys? Like, mm. how do I like do anything to ha- like do? What can I do to like basically make up this gift? They're like what do you mean there's nothing you need to do we just wanted to do it and mm-hmm. i was like i legit had a full bawling moment because i was like there was i could not fathom how much someone could love me in such a small it, to them it was so small like it was just like a box full of like snacks from costco and like a timmy's gift card which was like kind of nice it was like a 50 dollars gift card but like <laughs> i was like it was probably like 300 dollars worth of just like snacks and I was so, and also like books and gifts that I like happened to just come upon when I was looking around. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is the most amazing thing anyone has ever done for me. And it wasn't even Christmas. It was May. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> like it's crazy. And like, I'm still, I'm getting kind of emotional right now. It was one of the most amazing acts of love I've ever received. Just from like someone I barely really knew at the time. But yeah, that's me, <laughs> Alex. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many examples I feel like you know and I think even part of loving other people is like recognizing these small moments so you know no matter what I say I'm probably leaving out countless you know small things that people do on a daily basis that you know I really don't want to take for granted but Mm. I feel like one moment and I don't know if most people would even like you in the moment I wouldn't even think of this as like an act of like love towards another person but like um, one time at my uh, high school there was this um, sort of symposium on human rights and we had one of the guest speakers was Romeo Dallaire who mm-hmm. was the um, he's a Canadian senator and he was also um, you know in charge of the UN peacekeeping in Rwanda and I set up his laptop because I was like my class was connected to it and he came up onto the stage and he just like looked me in the eye and like shook my hand and just said thank you but like in such a heartfelt way that it was just like he saw me he was like recognizing me as a person as like a young person too um, and just trying to, I don't know, there was just so much that was conveyed in that one moment that felt like really inspiring, like, you know, also just knowing all that this one person has been through, that he still takes the time to like really 
show love to other people, especially since, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's had to focus so much on that self-love, too. Yeah. Those stories are really dope. Oh, man. That's really, yeah, those are those are really something. Kind of, you know, my story kind of reflects what the, the story that Alex just shared. We were just talking about Solange a little uh, while ago, and I remember two years ago, I was invited by Black Lives Matter Vancouver to come to Solange's show. Um, I've, you know, volunteered, not volunteered really, but I've partaken in Black Lives Matter Vancouver, and I've given speeches at rallies and whatnot, so they were really gracious to invite me. And I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, uh, she performed her album called The Seat of the Table, which really uh, is, an, is an, a form of art that just, you know, presents the experience of young black individuals in the 21st century. And I remember throughout the whole show, she made sure that uh, individuals from Black Lives Matter Vancouver and all the black folks in attendance would be sitting in the front row. She came out, she, like, performed, but, like, she would, like, get down, like, on our eye level as we're sitting on the floor and sing to us and, and, and you know, really engage with us. And I remember the most significant thing that happened was afterwards, uh, individuals from Black Lives Matter Vancouver and their guests were asked to stay behind. And as everyone left, uh, Solange comes out of nowhere. Sorry. She comes out of nowhere and she... Uh, you know, one by one introduces herself and, and you know, uh, asks our names or whatever. And she, I was one of the last individuals and she asked me my name and I told her how much her album means to my sister and I and um, what her work means to us. And, and she literally took like five minutes out of her time to listen to what I had to say. And, you know, I, I, I've met other individuals and they've never really been mean, but I've noticed something different about Solange Whereas, like, she really, kind of like what you were saying, Alex, like, she really took the time to listen to how her work affected me and what and the words I had to say and the stories I had to share. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I'm enthralled with Solange and I love her so much. But she really took the time to uh, understand what what her work uh, did for me. And it's, it's, it's something that's so as small as listening to someone for five minutes. Just, you know, I was probably rambling, but she took the time to really... Uh, make sure that I knew that she 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 considered and she valued what I had to say. That that's something that I that sticks with me, um, that will stick with me forever. So this has been a, a conversation on love um, with Yulabera, Jerome, and Alex. Thank you so much. And this has been a collaboration with CJSF ninety point one FM Burnaby.